The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Middle call! Heavy, hey! Sundays for two things, John. You know what those two things are? I, I was going to make a joke, but yeah, I, I don't. I probably wouldn't have landed well. So what? God Sleeping? in football. Okay, God in football. <laughs> that's that's not even funny. That's just truth. It's just the truth, man. I think that and today. Down in the south, guy. That's Saturdays. Also forgotten football in the fall. Yep, yep. Well, Saturdays. Uh, yeah, and in Texas, Saturdays they, the, Jew, they for, Jew, the Jews' day for God. Is that? Well, the Jews are they? I feel like the Jews probably lean a little more pro football than college football. <laughs> I, I bet if we went New York, Philly, L.A., New yeah. York, yeah, feels like you. Yeah. You know, I think probably the, tri- the tribe leans a little more. I think they feel just more pro football. Yankees. You know, I, I don't know if like the huge Jewish following in Alabama, Georgia, LSU. I I'd guess their uh, I don't their their enrollment in uh, that demographic's probably gone up in recent years as it's gotten cooler to go there. Um, probably not the probably higher in some other places that uh, maybe don't play major college football. Yeah, Ivies. I yeah I you know I that's don't unfair. Know. I mean, you're, we got state school guy right here. Right. In some circles, they'd say failure, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, are are you the uh, the apple of everyone's eye in the community? Probably not. But <laughs> we ran into a, a fellow Jewish man uh, when we were walking around practice. Mike Silver. Mike Silver. <laughs> Dared showed his face, John. Look where he went to school, Cal Berkeley. Berkeley. He did not. Um, he did not seem rattled. Did not seem uh, like he was afraid to show up. Discouraged at all by. Uh, Niners Twitter, which uh, has deemed him persona non grata. He but, uh, he was right he was the lines, gra- then, he, was, he was pretty grata today. <laughs> he was. We talked a lot of Davis High. Uh, Davis High Athletics. <laughs> that guy, man, what a nice guy. I love yeah, his yeah. voice. God, what a great voice. I, I think Twitter has a false sense of these guys that have been in it. You know, I mean, well before that have been 
like reporters well before laptop computers existed. Like they went in front of people every single day. Say what you want. Like I'm not a Skip Bayless guy. Skip Bayless is probably half of his career. He's going with a pen and a piece of paper in front of players and coaches, right? For 20 plus years. Yeah. Toe to toe, face to face with the people you just ripped. Yeah. Uh, And and I would also say the ripping, there's a difference between silver saying arm fatigue and everyone acting like you rip it. And back in the nineties, writing a column, like, fire this guy week two right or this guy should get cut from the big league roster in you know early may like i mean these columns we all you and i grew up in a in in an era where you picked up a paper and there were a couple columnists were just fucking throwing blows those people saw the coach and the players the next day every single time yeah there was not to ask he's just blogging from his basement We forgot to ask Silver, and I regretted it. We were walking to the side of the field after he had gone on to whatever he was going to do, and um, we didn't ask him if he'd done any of the um, – what is it, the echinacea with Aaron Rodgers? What, what, is, what is Aaron's thing? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly how to say it. I I, I got higher or something. Well, yeah, you said it You said it pretty good out of practice. I, yeah, I, but, I, the, I, but then I'm thinking about I saw Pac-Man say it to Bosa in an I Am Athlete little uh, little Instagram story, and I don't think I was saying it quite right. But I did get forwarded the video of the dude that Aaron Rodgers went on his podcast. That's the where it went viral, right? Uh, whoever that guy is, he, he used to have like seven girlfriends. He is now in a uh, one-woman relationship. He used to be open relationships. Mm -hmm. He always said, I told everyone. Everyone was on the same page. Now he's dating one girl. Someone Mm -hmm. forwarded me her page. She's banging the drums with incense, singing. I posted it to Instagram. If you want to check it out, that's kind of the crew. you know. That's not blue. That's somebody else. This is... Did you see the picture of the guy Aaron Rodgers did the interview with? Who kind of, in a weird way, looks like Rodgers. You know, he's got, but he's got a tat, a little older. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, no, no, no. Well, the, the way everyone found out that he was doing psychedelics was on this guy's podcast. This guy's a famous right. guy. He's kind of in the circle of uh, what's his name? Aubrey Marcus is his name. Okay, and okay, and Aubrey Marcus's big deal for a long time was he was a swinger. That's how he got pretty famous. He was like a motivational speaker with some weird stuff, but he was in open relationships. No longer in it with this girl who posted, she's really into it. So now Rogers, who, if you can see, you know, they took a picture together. Okay, yeah, I see what you're that's, talking that's about. Bobby Marcus is a good-looking, kind of si- little older, but similar vibes, and they're just they're just vibing, guy. A lot of vibes yeah. Yeah. with psychedelics. Yeah. Who's by the way, destigmatize, destigmatize it, guy. I, I, uh, one haha on the stream says one ayahuasca session can cure lifelong addictions. That's what Pac Man, the Hawaska. Hawaska, not you don't say the A. Ayahuasca. Or I, I don't know. <laughs> um, that was just much I was watching, I'm on season two of The Sopranos. You're right on time. <laughs> And well, once all the characters start dying in real life, I thought I should watch the show. And kill the fat guy on the boat already. Um, fat guy in the boat. They definitely killed a guy in the boat. Yeah, Tony was well, there and killed him. Yeah, one of their crew who yeah, turned yeah. on him. Uncle Pussy says while uh, the young guy Daniel is like he's been shot several times. Spoiler alert. And um, 
he's in the waiting room of the emergency room and he says positive vibes only. Uncle Pussy? Yeah, Uncle Pussy. Is that where positive vibes only came from? Did it come from the Sopranos? Because I feel like I became aware of positive vibes only, you know, within the last I don't know, three years. What, what, I, not I feel as like old as I, not 2009 or whatever this show was. It wouldn't be crazy. I feel like Portnoy and, and and Dave do that and uh, Big Cat do that a lot when they're gambling. Right. You know, it's like a, they say it like positive vibe only when you're down yeah. seven points, you need them to cover. Like, come on, right. we can turn it around. Yep. That's where to me, positive vibes only is really coming strong from like the gambling community uses yeah. it. Like when you yep. when you're not in great shape going into like coming out of the second half, you know, like we need some good vibes here. Yeah. So, I don't, so I, yeah, I, I heard it. I don't know if, if Uncle Pussy from, did say that's that's pretty awesome. Oh, he said it, John. Um, shout out to Endo, who uh, was kind enough to take a photo of us. John Middlecoff, nice tan. He said Niner practice on Sunday. Guy, you need some sun. I'm in the process of getting it. I'm doing the best I can. John does look very tan. You get a, do you get a lot of consistent sun at the new place, or do you still get the marine layer? Good Good amount of sun. Yeah, not as much marine layer as just fifteen minutes closer to the city. Like no, not I could I could use a little. Um, maybe I could get use outside, a little help. You gotta a get outside those start, doors. A little guy. sun jump start. You know, a little <laughs> jump start. Yeah, I, I would approach outdoors kind of like the cat does. Just get out there and roam, baby. Get out there. <laughs> I, can use, I can use a little help, artificial help. Yeah, I've been able um, to do that too. <laughs> our, uh, um. Amato, Amato, Aquino on the stream says Tito's and Raising Cane's Lemonade. Whoa. Never had Raising Cane's. Have you had Raising Cane's? No, never, never have. Feels like they've kind of moved west, hasn't it? Have they? Have seen, I've noticed them. I think a billboard driving to my mom's house in Davis on on the uh, on the eighty. I think they put one really? in Davis actually. Raising Cane's. Huh. So yeah, I mean, I don't sleep on a you know a good chicken chain coming west. Looks like um, pulling up a map here. Yeah, it looks like there's. I I, don't, I definitely haven't seen one in, in kind of the East Bay. I feel, but wouldn't put it past anyone to be somewhere. Davis Vacaville, new one yeah, near the Vacaville, Oakland Airport. Right. Vacaville. Yeah, I, I, I passed the one, one by the. I've passed the one by the Oakland Airport. There's one in Davis. Yeah, I know. That's why I said they just put oh, one you in. Said that's that. why I'm the sorry, billboard. Yeah, on the that's way. Why, you know, it's. You would one think the Davis would. You know, I guess it's doing okay. One just south of Sacramento. Um, yeah, I'll edit this stuff out of the podcast later. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> I, but I don't see any in like Nevada. I think it's just, I don't see any in Arizona. I don't see any in Utah. I don't see any in New Mexico. Maybe the guy is a soft spot for UC Davis. Oh, I, I thought the guy in Nevada, the, Southern Nevada. I think the guy was an LSU grad. I mean, I think they started. I'm pretty sure could be it could be another chicken chain. Uh, that's it's where it kind of started, Louisiana. Again, could be could be wrong on that one. Uh, no, blah blah blah. There's one in uh, Gustavo says there's one coming to Palm Springs, coming to Vacaville, uh, Oakland Airport. Uh, no, Tom Jam says no H. Waska, yeah, Hiawaska, Waska, Waska. Waska. Oh, the yeah. chat is uh, very concerned that it was a bad trade. Lance Alexander says terrible trade day. Um, uh, but, but, but there was another. Yeah, there's been some trade. Some trade. Crazy Lance how fat, I, I listen. So maybe I, people I just, were there. I don't know. 
Well, I mean, I think the the big J's, they, they just got to put it out there on Twitter. It's like, shouldn't you guys throw this up on your websites? Or, you, you know, like we, we wait to give our breakdown. I don't know for our business. I, I think it's just so crazy. I, I think about this during football time because all these people are working for different people or themselves. They just give away all the good shit for free. I mean, it's Jack or whoever's, or I don't even, Jack doesn't run Twitter anymore. It's just Elon? incredible. It's, they don't, no, I think Elon's backing out. What well, uh, Parag, I think, is the guy's the CEO's name now, right? Is that, does that sound familiar? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, not Parag, the 49ers Parag, but yeah. another Parag. It's just, uh, they just give it away. Like, you remember ESPN? They used to like make you uh, do little blurbs so you like drives you back to their website. I just, Come on, guys. Yeah, that I, I don't understand like how their year. bosses and their corporate people are like, we got to change the strategy here. I, I don't care. Going? Not my problem. Not my problem either, but it's just, it seems crazy to me. Why are you, why are you alerting them to the situation? Well, it, it wouldn't stop them, guy. They're, they're not, there's no hesitating. That's everyone goes right to it. Like, it's like a crack addict. Uh, John, let's tell the people about our friends at Tito's Handmade Vodka. Happy 25th anniversary. We just passed that on Tito's 25 years. Tito's been going at it. John and the Tito's hat and the Tito's helmet. You That's basically you when the defense is on the field. You hold your Tito's helmet. You put your Tito's hat on and wait for your chance to drop back out and take another deep Would shot. Would it be weird if I went to our next practice and I just took the helmet and I just held it on the side the whole time? Would that be weird? Uh, would it be you, weird? Absolutely would be- it would be weird. Should it be done? Could it be done? Would someone like come up to me and say, get rid of it? Or do people leave me alone? I don't think I mean, anyone would say anything. I think someone would be like, are, are you here for autographs? And you would say, I don't know. Is Tito Beverage here? I think some players might notice. Be like, bro, that's a pretty sweet helmet. I'd be like, yeah, I know, George. It is. <laughs> Why don't you do a rep with this one? Yeah. Hey, Trent, I don't think it's. Uh, I don't think the Players Association would approve of, uh, of that helmet, but not hey, quite Debo. as protective. Uh, I tell you what I did Saturday night, John. I cracked my favorite ginger beer. I spun the top off of my one of my many bottles of Tito's. I filled the glass with ice and I jug, 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 poured them all together. And I put old school on the TV. And that was a good, good hour and a half, 90 minutes or whatever old school is. It is the number one vodka, America's original craft vodka. Since Tito Beverage built his own distillery back in 95, put his life savings in it and started winning awards. Yeah, I had multiple John Daly's yesterday. Uh, I, I just I, I think about Tito's daily. It's a huge part of my life. I obviously wear a lot of their swag uh, because I, <laughs> I, I just want their branding all over me. And uh, you should, too. Go buy yourself a bottle of Tito's. Like you said, we're going to keep saying it. Take yourselves pictures when you guys are out and about football season. It feels like the drinking gets a strong summer, but I feel like it gets ramped up. At least our core listeners in the because su- Sunday might as well be a Friday night for a lot of our people and uh, even Saturday as well. So show us. Remember last year, people sending us pictures like on the first hole with like a handle of Tito's and playing like a twosome. You're like, geez, you guys, you guys aren't messing around. So uh, forward anything, Instagram or Twitter, it's just our names. Fire it, however, email, any way possible. We, we, uh, we love seeing the pictures of you guys with Tito's. Yeah, we appreciate that for sure. Simple, smooth, every sip, as easy as the last. Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. 40% alcohol by volume, namely 80 proof, crafted to be savored responsibly. Definitely please do that and uh, have a great time and 
share it with us. Do it. Iceman on the stream says, is the lock of the week coming back? You know, for people who might be new to the show, and since the end of last football season, we have a lot of people new to the show. Last week, last year, do you remember the numbers on the lock of the week? I think we got up over $4,000. I think we won. At one point, we had won, I want to say, 13 bets in a row. Yeah. Well, one, one of them was like a parlay, so it paid yeah. out like $1,800. What were we betting again? 300 I think. Yeah. Yeah. We started the shower with, thinking. I've, I think we started with 500 What did we start with? 250 No. I, I thought we did like maybe 150 each and 300. Yeah, sounds right. I was thinking in the shower today, like first bet of the year, 500 bucks, 250 yeah. each. Not like cares. I already kind of like that one. <clears throat> I like that a lot. So, anyway, we had uh, by the end, we ended up uh, right back where we started because I think we put everything that we had left. How did we finish that off? Yeah, we got a little bored. We kind of made some stupid bets. It, it was, I, I think we just need to be boring. You know, just hit like irons off the tee. I think we got yeah. bored. We're like, let's take the driver. Three-team parlay. Let's throw Lane Kiffin in here. Uh, Robert Solomon. What are we doing? We took Lane. Alabama, was like minus 24. And th- th- it and, was like, Lane, yeah, it was just going back and forth. It was, it, it was tough. Oh, that's right. We were going to buy Super Bowl tickets with our winnings. That was part of the deal. <laughs> Yeah, if if we if we were if we'd position the, the reality okay. is even if we kept got to like nine thousand dollars, we'd be able to afford one ticket. Yeah, as it turned out, we you're right. Yeah, we could have bought like VR headsets and pretended we were there. Yeah, been outside in like the little lake that Stan built. Did you see the thing? I tweeted this yesterday. The Chargers put out a video, you know, just run of the mill practice video. Some uh, like DBs doing some stuff, some D linemen. And I think the point of the video was like, look who's here. It was like Sean Merriman in like Chargers, you know, shorts right next to Khalil as he's doing a couple like bag drills. Well, their field honestly looks pretty shitty. It, it just kind of looked old. But then when they went to Khalil doing these drills, it looked like he's in a hazard. Like if this was a golf course, it would have been a water hazard. Like where does Dean have these guys practicing? And I can imagine real estate and especially the amount you would need, right, in Southern California to run a NFL football practice can't be cheap. He had to pick the cheaper land that he could find. Like he didn't find the premium land. Cause I remember going, working a guy out one time at a high school where NFL players practice. I forget the name of the high school. It's close to where like Kim and all those people live in Calabasas. Like, I just remember walking on thinking like this place is fucking incredible. And then I see Dean's practice field. The grass looks dead. Khalil's in like a literally a water hazard, you know, hitting this thing like, God damn, this guy's cheap. I'm I'm scrolling through a bunch of Twitter videos. I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it might be two or three days old. I mean, it'd be God. hard to. Oh, why can't they just practice at SoFi? It's empty right now. Ask Trip on the stream. Well, yeah, John, it's build theirs. <laughs> they pay they pay their dollar rent a year, John. They should be treated as equals. Chargers, Chargers in Costa Mesa behind Ikea, says Norland. Is that true? Probably. Does not look like an Ikea area. It looks like a place where they haven't cut down a tree in a long time. But yeah. uh, All right. Many people have been asking about it. Trey Lance is Sunday. How did it go? What stood out? Um, there was good and bad. 
I mean, he made what you turned to me and said was that the best throw of camp that we've seen, and I said yes, it was. It's a very nice play. Like poor, a poor, poor man's play. version of because Rodgers was longer last year, week three. The Rodgers pass to Devontae to get them into field goal range. Remember Fred dropping back. Fred leaps over Fred's hands. Devontae's right. Just the now again, Rodgers was double the length, it felt like. Uh, but similar, right? Linebacker dropping, leaping, backup linebacker who's who's pretty long over Orin his Burks. head, right to right to eleven. Beautiful touch pass. He can make that pass. Kyle would do cartwheels, right? Consistently. That that's right to one I, of the harder Iuke, passes to make in the league. Yeah, right to Ayuk with Charvarius Ward defending him. I thought it was an interception when he threw the ball. When he let it go, I thought that's a pick. And Ayuk kind of came out of nowhere to be right in the right spot. You were just ahead. They they were coming. Yes. Yes. The the bad throws were coming. Um still has not I, I feel like he misses throwing to Debo more than he misses throwing to anybody else. I I do not have uh, the data to back that up, but that's just the several days now going to practices. I think most consistently misses the Debo. I don't know if he's forcing the ball. If they're not on the same, I, whatever. I don't know. Um, the interception of Fred Warner. I need to check the L twenty two, John. I don't. I I don't know who was in the area or who he was throwing it to. It looked just like Fred Warner was the only guy in the area, guy. Okay? Well, it, it was your classic Fred Warner pick, right? Um. Now, now, in fairness to him, Jimmy Garoppolo has thrown that pick in games. Eric Kendricks, Luke Keekley. That, that, that pick has been thrown before by 49ers quarterbacks in important spots. So it's it's not like we're coming. We say this all the time. This is not a Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers transition. Like that play has been made. Shit. Now, Jimmy's thumb, it turns out to be injured. It's the pass against... Uh, Tennessee. I remember he threw one of the worst picks you've ever seen last year. There was a pick in the week 18 Rams game, one of the worst picks. So it's Jimmy is thrown, but it was that level, right? It's like the, if you're sitting on your couch and your, your guy does it, you fall out of your chair, right? You, you look at whoever you're watching it with, like, was this the national football league? Like what, what just happened? It's the worst picks, Right. Because you just, it's one thing like on a deep out, the guy times it. It's another thing, the linebacker, and you just like hit the linebacker in his numbers. And you're like, where's, what, what, what? at least the on the deep out pick six, you're like, there is a receiver, there is a route, right? You're just right. late. The, the linebacker was no one around him. Like, did you for, did you blank out and think that he was the tight end? Was somebody supposed to be there that wasn't? Yeah, but you predetermined I'm going to that area. Yeah. This is not ever a conversation about whether they'd be better. Like the, none of this conversation has anything to do with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is the point you were making. I saw I'm agreeing with you, but I, I, there's no part of me that forgets how inconsistent and sometimes uh, unbelievable some of the mistakes were. It's not about that. It is about watching a single practice and talking about the things that happened at that practice. And um, it was not his best practice. We've seen better. Now, I do think that's where next word this week comes into play, right? This week, uh, they play a preseason game. And then the next week, it's really a big deal because then they go to a joint practice. And, you know, I mean, we know to some degree, like Fred Warner is one of the best linebackers in the league. 
And I think we part of how we watch this thing is through the lens of who you're going up against. I think you made the point when the Niners did the drill where they run offense from the two-yard line going out, not red zone, how frustrating it must be to play against a really good defense. And the Niners are very – the thing about the Niners defense, this is a Trey conversation, is how deep it is with like blue-chip bodies. Like here's Kinlaw and here's Drake Jackson and even Omenahu. Where, where did Charles Omenahu go to college? University of Texas, right? Like, and he looks like it. So um, there's a lot going on with that. Trent Williams, Mike McGlinchey, both were not practicing today. All legitimate parts of practice because you thought that Trey had the best pre-team drill warm-up you'd ever seen from him in the last week. Well, I, I hadn't watched that many team when I say warm-up, like it's just three quarterbacks throwing to a bunch of interns. It just looked like his ball was consistently having a spiral, hitting guys in their hands. To me, it was just a positive. Again, first time I had watched start to finish. Very accurate ball coming out very crisply and very tight spirals. T- to me, part of the way I evaluate this guy is very just the bar is very low because I don't have much to go off of. So anything we just trying to build on positives. And you know, today, like you said, the pass to Ayuk, he started. I'm walking out with Cam Inman. Again, I'm not fucking tallying the passes. Cam had him four of 12. I got Lombardi's spreadsheet, has him four of 11. It's why it's so stupid to do the actual numbers because there are plays where it's like, does this even count? Clearly, one thing Cam did say, and I did agree with this, like he, he had him starting three of three. You know, he hit a couple passes right away. So he, So basically, he hit one pass for his next you know, whatever, nine, potentially eight, depending on what you look at the plays. It was very, now he was not alone because there was a period where, you know, backed up in your own end zone. Basically it looked like they were snapping the ball on either the one yard line or the two yard line trying to go technically in in real football. You tried to go 98. I think in that drill, you're just trying to get probably a first down, just get out of being pinned out. They threw like four or five interceptions. All the quarterbacks, right? It was a, it was a debacle. There were, there were two plus almost a third, right? Traverius Ward dropped a pick. You're right. And there were and Traver- but Traverius would have walked in the end zone. The other two were kind of in the middle. The one was it, deflected. It, it felt like standing there, there were seven. One was a Sudfeld, like rolling out, trying to drop a ball. You know, I mean, a, a horrific decision, but. And, th- and this is what we talked it about a little. Lance did complete a swing pass out of the backfield in that drill. It would have got him to like the five yard line, right to the tight end, which that's a play that happens in the NFL. Like most, the majority of plays there, you're just looking to get a little breathing room and then hopefully get a first down. The 49ers defense is excellent. And I, I think so far through camp, subtracting Ayuk, they, they've really gotten the better of the 49ers offense. And you would say historically, the way training camps are viewed, you know, before you get to Sundays, which are forgotten football. August is about working your way up. And and usually, the defense is ahead of the offense. I think when you talk to coaches, historically, they always tell you that. Offensive coaches, defensive coaches, maybe offensive coaches love telling you that. It gives them a little breathing room. But for the most of the practice we've been at, beside Ayuk, wouldn't you say that the like if you were judging it as a like you had to give a winner and a loser, the defense would consistently get a lot of our votes? of being the winner of the yeah, day. Like you said, beside Ayuk. Beside Ayuk. Yeah, I would agree. And part of that is like Kittle's not really practicing, right? They're not 
you know, him and Bosa are on a pretty special plan of just like, we'll, we'll see a week one ready to kick the shit out of everybody. And Debo is not the ultimate practice player in the sense of some of the plays he runs are not going to translate to drills where you're not tackling. So part of why Ayuk is thriving, right, is he's a route runner. And that's a lot of this level of, you know, football that we're witnessing. And so far, and, and Trey at this point in time of his career, and, and who knows if we'll ever get there, the Niners are praying, is not just some guy that's going to put on some Drew Brees clinic at practice, right? So it's it's a pretty big work in progress, which we've been saying for a while. Now today, I think it does. Is it more glaring when the defense is catching the ball than when balls are hitting the ground or flying over guys' heads? What's worse? You know, I really don't. I don't know. If there's that much of a difference to me. Sometimes, like, I just think off. Tar- to me, it's it's on target or off target. Like, there was a ball that I you jumped for today, and Jimmy Ward laid him out. If Jimmy Ward had caught that ball. Somehow, instead of laying, like him and Ayuk both went for the ball, they hit, and Ayuk went down hard, and Jimmy Ward did the nobody can no fly zone hand gesture. If he had caught that, I wouldn't have particularly cared from like a throw standpoint. You know what I mean? Like that throw my, was my, honestly my heart dropped a little bit when they both went in the air. I'm like, this I, well, could you be could bad. see it coming too because <laughs> you saw you coming open. You could see Trey looking for him, and you saw Jimmy like come. It was just one of those balls down the middle of the field that you know Ayuk's going to go for. And um, it was scary. Yeah, it well, was they scary. both hit and went down. You kind of, and they both popped up. Especially Jimmy IU. had no apology. There was no <laughs> like, oh my bad. It was, hey bro, that ball was mine. But my point is, I, like an interception on a ball that's a fifty-fifty ball to me is better than watching a guy in practice. In practice, not in a real game, than watching you miss some guy by seven yards, right? So I don't. I have a really hard time. It helps me to see the interceptions and see the completions and incompletions. Some of these completions are not worth counting. Some of these incompletions are better than some of the other incompletions. Um, there was an interception that Trey didn't throw, so we're not talking about it here, but on a deflected ball, like whatever. Just My point is the raw number is um, sometimes misleading, and I kind of look at just good throws versus bad throws. Was it picked or did it fall incomplete? Was it a good throw or a bad throw? So I don't look at them all that differently, honestly. Like I don't, I don't think bad and complete in a, in a practice. In a practice, we're talking. I don't think target misses that are end up as incompletions are any less bad than interceptions. I think they're bad. Like these are yeah. practices. You can't be missing guys by. It's one thing if you're just I'm only going to miss deep on this throw, but when a guy's open on the sideline and you miss it by seven yards, and I'm not saying that's what Trey's doing consistently, but to me that's just as bad as a. You know, you throw it out and Jimmy and Charvarius Ward jumps it and takes it to the house. Well, I got Lombardi's Excel spreadsheet up. And I think, give or take, he's in terms of completion attempts, because clearly they're, you know, probably could go 10 one way or 10 the other way. He has 130 attempts so far in team drills, right? Not okay. counting individual stuff. Six total picks, which, you know, it's less than 5% a throw pick. It does, just that that number doesn't seem too crazy to me. The number that is pretty glaring, which I, I do think represents what we've witnessed, is the other guys are Sudfeld seventy three, Purdy sixty seven. Like you watch them, they're just a little more accurate. Like his accuracy, according to Lombardi, but I do think this symbolizes give or take percentages. 
is basically 50 50. <laughs> you know, it's, and when you watch them, it feels like a 50 50 proposition on tougher throws. And is, is some of that they're just pushing the envelope? He's obviously missed a lot of deep down the field passes, which they have historically not run the last several years. But I'd, I'd say that's going to be part of his package is pushing the ball down the field. Now, a lot of that is, you know, we'll dive into it in a little bit, the, the Debo thing, but I bet his percentage throwing to 11 is much higher than 50%, and his percentage throwing to 19 is well below 50%, right? <laughs> That's part of, like, an overall body of work represents, you know, but it's it's really part of evaluating this guy when you factor in who he's throwing to is you kind of got to go kind of deep into it and build context out of the percentage. Right. Yeah. Ayuk's probably I, carrying that percentage. Don't you think? I, I do think that. And I think Debo, and again, the, I think they're trying some of these throws in practice or if you just did all the Debo stuff, it'd be that you would do in games. I think in practice, it'd feel very similar. I don't know many, how many throws like to the sideline, 20 yards down the field, you're really going to be throwing the Debo in games. So maybe there's just stuff that you're doing in practice, but you said 130 attempts. So you said, yeah. And how many picks? Six. Uh, so 130 is about a quarter of 500. And let's, so let's say it's 500 attempts, which would last year, 500 attempts was, uh, that would have been 16th in the NFL. So let's say it's just the middle of the pack NFL. Attempts. Does, doesn't that feel high though? It does. But Jimmy was, I'm just trying to do some, some basic yeah. math. Jimmy was Put like in the context. Jimmy was 440 attempts and he missed a couple of games. Okay. So, so Jimmy wouldn't have been at 500, but let's just, you're say. right. So 480 to 500 is pretty league average, even if you're running the ball a lot. Yeah. Okay. So six. So 130 is a quarter of 500. And you said six picks. So we multiply six by four. Well, that's, yeah, we're high. That's a lot of, that's, that's a lot of interceptions. So that's 24. Yeah. To me, that would not big, be good. But I don't. I don't look at practice picks necessarily that way. Well, I I, I think through the practice. Trey's inter- been put to- it this way, John. Trey's interceptions. I could. It's really. I've not left a practice going like, oh, his picks, man. I have not totally, thought. Well, I don't care at all. It's totally the completions that to me stand out more. Yeah, to me, a couple things coming in was like his arm motion. It doesn't really cross my mind. It does not feel it's slowing anything down. To me, the number one. Red flag sounds extreme, but I would just say concern with him on this team this year has to be accuracy, right? Right now, Trey Lance, the biggest concern for him, not the motion, not like throwing it to the right guys because it doesn't feel like he's hitting guys in their back. Like It feels like he knows kind of where to go. It feels accuracy when he's throwing the ball to a guy running. Even some guys open over the middle have to stop. It's just accuracy to me is clearly a the biggest work in progress the guy's operating on. Because it feels like he... Honestly, he feels comfortable in the offense. It feels like he's throwing to the right places. But the, the ball placement... Um, and that, to me, this is going to be a fascinating case study just over the next several years. Inherited a good team. Clearly a high-level guy. Clearly works hard. You know, his football acumen feels pretty high for a younger player. You know, accuracy has been something that you and I remember talked to Warren Moon a long time ago, and historically it was like, can never be improved, can never be improved. 
And then this generation, when I say this generation, like the last three or four years kind of proved, well, the NFL is a little different now. You, you can definitely improve on it. Kim specifically is like, is his first year, is he 60%? And then in like three years, is he a 68% guy? Like, is, is he a Josh Allen type? And I don't 60%. mean that. Well, what do you think Josh Allen was his rookie? You know, 53. Josh Allen. No, I, I'm talking Trey. Like, could Trey get 16%? Like, well, that's what you, I'm saying. It, I, I'm saying 60%. You might take that right now. Oh, you. Oh, I thought you were looking at me like I was crazy. That's too low. You think that's you think that's pretty high? I don't. Think, well, it's not that I think it's high. I'm just saying you just said 60%, and then you say Josh Allen. Well, Josh Allen didn't get over 60% until his third year in the NFL. They weren't that well. You're right. He was 52%. They went five and six. His second year, he was 58.8, and they were able to go 10 and six. I, and I don't 20 think touchdown, 20 touchdowns, nine picks. That's the other thing. I, Only nine I don't, picks. I don't think you can be a very good quarterback under like 56, 57. That's pretty low in today's game. I 1,000% agree. I'm saying you would take 60 right now. You, I mean, and 20 touchdowns and nine picks with because of the level of defense, the coaching, the skill guys around him, right? With this, with, with Iuke, it's like you just get him the ball and you'll have four yards minimum, right? Would I you mean, take the over-under, the number starting with a six or a five right now? I would take – I think I would, I might take the under. I Now, yeah. it might be like a not much under. I don't – I'm not, despite the fact that we break down his throws every day, I think his, I'm not overly concerned. I'm not freaking out about Trey Lance. Like, uh, I haven't no, I'm not any Trey Lance stock. I don't think, I know you're not either. It's not about that. I think their team, you agree, is going to be really good, has a chance to be really good. They're not going to have to ask him to do too much. But I don't know. I mean, we could do a little, we could do a little study here, commission a study, rookie first year passer completion percentages. I don't think, uh, my guess is, you're not going to get a lot of like 64%. Well, did, did you have, I know you had the attempts up. Did you have the list of quarterbacks last year percentage-wise? Like what's like the 20th guy in the league? I bet the 20th guy in the league is like 63, 64. I bet there's a lot of guys between like 63 and 66 in the NFL. Now, some of it's based on playing time and, and you know how many snaps I think to qualify. So obviously, some teams yeah, are I mean, rotated. Jo- Daniel Jones, John sucks. Sixty four percent last year. What what number is he on the list? ESPN twenty third. Twenty third. So the twenty third guy on the list was sixty three percent. Baker was sixty and a half. Darnold fifty nine nine. Trevor Lawrence, all the rookies. Trevor Lawrence fifty nine six. Justin Fields fifty eight nine. Zach Wilson's fifty five point six. Where where did Trevor Lawrence fall? Thirty first. It was Lawrence Fields Wilson thirty one thirty two thirty three. So if you're if you're right around that sixty threshold, you're going to be at the bottom of the league, right? By the way, starters. if you yeah, yeah. So what you'd like is, but again, there's you know, I mean, Herbert is sixty five point nine, and eighteenth. You know. Just uh, sixty-five to Daniel Jones, sixty-four. So, I'd say five percent. If you're if you're throwing five hundred attempts, five percent's not nothing, right? Especially because if fifty percent of that five percent turned into first downs, right? Everyone raved about trade. Yeah, everyone did. Saturday was supposed to be a good practice. I would you. We were not out there on Saturday. 
the uh, Jimmy was, by the way, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Attempts. That's 25 completions. I guess one, not nothing. It's not like no. seven. Especially when you may not. Um, yeah, two or three of those are going to be really important, right? Or maybe more than two or three. This was his third practice. I mean, part of it, I'm not making excuses for any means. We saw what we saw. They don't do, like, this is their third padded practice in a row, right? Because we went Friday. We did, Saturday had a practice. Like, they're off tomorrow. Maybe just running out of steam. I do, and it's it feels a little crazy to say this on August 7th when they haven't even had a preseason game yet. To me, there was a little bit of a vibe out there just thinking about it just like all right let's not from me i was happy to be there but i just i don't know there were i did not feel a lot of juice from that offense today did you no you see the video that debo got danny gray in the meeting room cutting logs just completely out on his chair <laughs> actually danny gray probably the best catch of the day i did he not did see it. that video it, it, it was yeah Danny Gray had a fantastic down the sideline, back shoulder, aerial twist, jump ball reception. It was cool. But uh, it's just, dur- it's not during a meeting. This is like during a break. Yeah, it, it looked like, you know, between meetings or something, you know, he's just out. Again, Debo standing, other guys like in the back, like just worn, worn, yeah, just out. exhausted. Yeah. Uh, I definitely got just a let's let's get on to the next step of this off season or this preseason vibe today. I'm I, I, I'm in agreement. I'm I'm kind of ready for this. I mean, it technically almost is. I mean, for us in terms of the practices close here relatively quick, and once the preseason games start, I guess by people listening to this on Monday, we'll be a month away from Week One, right? Because I think September eighth is Bills Rams. So that's if I can get that in my head, we're officially a month away from that week one first that week. Th- that gets my juices flowing. Uh, coming up on Thursday, John, it is Giants Patriots. Matt Patricia's debut as the uh, Patriots offensive coordinator. Maybe. Then on Friday, you want me to keep going? I guess so. Then on Friday... <laughs> This is I mean, this is just on earth. Well, this, uh, this is this Friday. Desmond because you, Ritter. This is where we get to last year because you get excited, but no one watches. Five million people watch the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. Were you one of them? Uh, I was not. <laughs> See, so it's like. But I like, you know, what gets me fired up is logos and dates. Like I can sell you. I could be the promo writer for NFL Network. Like coming up on Friday at six Eastern, Desmond Ritter and the Falcons take on the resurgent Lions out to prove something, you know. <laughs> then Packers Niners in a rematch of the NFC divisional round where the Niners stole the Raiders and the uh, Packers. Oops, sorry, Freudian slip. Stole the Packers hearts. Then you got rich. And Tom, can Aaron Rodgers. From 500,000 feet up in the air and another planet. Uh, Jordan Love. Uh, see, there you go. See, I, I actually don't Saturday. I don't mind the Saturday. You give me like a 10 a.m. just kind of roll out of bed. Whoa, there Chiefs you go. Bears are on? Like, I, I can dig that more than my night. Like I'd fucking rather turn on a movie than like I agree. Lions Atlanta. Now, I think it hits a little different. 10 a.m. just like oh there's Patrick Mahomes on the sideline it just feels a little bit better even though it doesn't interest me that long I I like the vibe of it 
Trent McDuffie and the Chiefs defense takes on Justin Fields as he primes himself for Matt Uberflus's maiden voyage. See, see we're, we got a long way to go, guy. Matt Ryan and the Colts. Josh Allen and the Bills. They'll be playing golf. But at 4 o'clock Eastern on NFL Network, <laughs> yeah. that see, other uh, Sam Ellinger will so take NFL, the field. So NFL Network has a triple header Saturday? Uh, it looks like a quadruple. Wow, that's okay. I see. One o'clock, four o'clock. Oh no, yeah. So there's a seven o'clock and a nine o'clock. I don't know how they're going to do that, but you know, maybe it's regional. You see that because Seahawks Steelers is at seven. Coming up at seven. Do the Steelers need Jimmy Garoppolo? Tune in. Cowboys Broncos. Okay. Mike McCarthy was mad, steaming mad at the first press conference when they asked him if he'd be fired. If he loses to, what's the guy's name? Uh, Nate, Nate Hackett. Nate Hackett in the preseason are all bets off. Then is Sunday. Is there a football game? Huh? Oh, this is just NFL Network. Oh, you know, maybe this is, yeah, where's all the rest of the games? No, NFL Network's only showing me NFL Network games on NFL.com? Well, yeah, I mean, these are the game NFL Network has, what I, my guess is. The other ones might, I mean, Fox is going to have some, CBS will have a couple. What's this? Well, it's just their schedule. They're NFL.com. Well, yeah, but I mean, they're... MLB.com doesn't only show me scores from games on MLB Network. I feel it's a little different just because football games. I don't know. I think we're going a little too deep on this already. <laughs> God, I love how much you hate this. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, Promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M. Save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I just, I, let's just try to get to week one. Do we have another Thursday? Oh, there's, there's two Thursday games. Titans, Ravens. Oh no, that's week two of the preseason. Oh, that's coming up next on next week's show. Sorry. I don't want to jump the gun there. Again, you can do this segment as long as you log, like Kyler Murray. I need you log in like minimum eight hours that we can talk about. Every game that you want to mention, you have to log at least 30 minutes of viewing time. I'm just right. I'm just here to write the promos. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to view. You got to view. I'm going to write some promos for you next next week, I think. The, I mean, the way these preseason games are, whether or not I think one of the talk, one of the questions this week will be is Trey playing? Who, who is playing? If Trent Williams isn't playing, then, you know, can Trey play? And if Trey play doesn't play, then like somehow, some way, and maybe it's going to be just little throws, but him and Debo, it is a – do you think it's a big camp, a big early part of the season for Debo? Like, is there some pressure on Debo now that he got paid coming off one of the most unique seasons in NFL history to produce right away? No. Or is Trey going to get all the blame? I think Trey, because I, I know what Debo can do. And I know that, like, Debo, once the whistle blows in the games, right, roll. I, I, I honestly I'm, saw Debo I'm talking it. about the games. I'm talking about Debo producing in the games. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, because I think, like, now if he's dropping the football, then yeah, he would get some shit. But if like balls are flying over his head, I it is gonna go to the quarterback. And then the coach will just pivot and hand him the ball. But I think we'll hand or give him like sweeps and screens, like I, I think it's on the 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 quarterback to figure out how to get on the same page. I, I think one hundred percent. Pressure on the quarterback to get on the same page as a superstar. Yeah, I mean, he might be throwing the ball to somebody else. But I'm just saying when he throws it at 19. Because I, I was thinking about this driving down or driving back. Is that the three guys that got paid and they all, we hammered home, all represented by the same guy. It all felt like they fell under the same umbrella. You can't argue how awesome all three of them have been. And part of their story, what's cool, right, is they're all second round picks. And they all, while if you meet all three of them, they're SEC guys. They went to Ole Miss in South Carolina. <laughs> when we t- say the SEC, let's face it, we talk about like four programs. <laughs> it's like LSU, Bama, Georgia, now kind of A&M, and depending on the year, like Auburn or Florida. But it ain't South Carolina, and it definitely is an Ole Miss. Like they had a historic season last year, won the most games ever, laying ca- ten games. You know, so it's like those two guys come from you know two of the shittier programs, yet they are dominant, dominant players. DK lost his quarterback, who's like one of the great deep ball throwers of all time. We all make fun of Tannehill, but Tannehill got him the ball. And 
listen, like Jimmy and 19, they had a rapport because when all else fails, that's who Jimmy went to, him and Kittle. Like one of the things we're saying all camp is like when all else fails, Trey goes to his best friend. Yeah. And it's just turns out to be a really good receiver. Who's really good. Yeah. But part of it is you just know one thing that made 19, like how are you going to pay Debo like DK? DK's got 29 reception touchdowns. Debo only had 10. Remember, part of it was like, well, you can't you can't quantify what Debo does. You can't relate him to these other guys. That's all we ever heard. And we were cool with it. We're like, yeah, man, I I witnessed it. Can't quantify it. Shit. I I don't know how you put some that thing up. He's sweet. I I do think he's not a normal wide receiver, though, even though he plays that position, right? Like DK and AJ, one thing at the end of the day they always have is just enormous size. right? Or, I mean, they are enormous human beings. Yeah. And, And their size is kind of a point of difference. AJ especially. To me, AJ plays like a basketball player. DK is like this combination of size and speed. Debo's not big. He, he is, of all the guys, the list that you had of all the 30 wide receivers, when we were talking about you, can he get, a lot of those guys are just 6'2 and over. And I, I, I do wonder, you know, Tyreek, small player, but he's always wide open because he's one of the fastest players in league history. You know, I think one of the knocks on Debo is like, he, not a great route runner. Like, Ayuk's already a better route runner than him. But no one would ever argue, like, Debo was easily, non-quarterback, one of the best players in the league last year. Why? Because he's an incredible football player. And I think where he really separates is just the ball in his hands. And that's where it's on Kyle. This is a hard deal for Kyle if he truly doesn't, because I don't think he wants to run him that much, right? Like he did last year. And he won't have to because they have running backs. But how do I get the ball in his hands? Because at the end of the day, the ball in his hands, in the ball in Debo Samuel's hands, is our greatest advantage on offense because he's our best player with the ball in his hands. Like that's that's our greatest attribute as an offense, is it not? Debo Samuel in space. Ball. Yeah, I think one of the things they want to find out is can one of their attributes be throwing the ball down the field, right? Which was just it was definitely putting the ball in Debo's hand was without question their greatest attribute last year, right? Yeah, but that's is something I, Debo's not going to be involved in. Probably right. What's that? Their yeah, which is where I think a little of the. Yeah, well, the times they've tried to throw the ball down the field to Debo, Debo's not open. I mean, he's got a DB right there. Man, uh, maybe Brady or Breeze would put it in a spot where only he could catch it. Well, why? Because he, well, his play speed, he plays faster with the ball in his hands than he does running with the ball out of his hands. It's kind of weird. Like It's kind of rare. Like, DK flies without it and with it. I mean, DK's most famous play is literally running down a guy, right? Yeah. Like, let's, Debo's not running down the guy. But no one would be like, yeah, Debo's slow. Everyone's like, God, no one ever caught him. Because they didn't. So it's weird. That's where he is. This is where it gets complicated. Now it's like, well, you can't quantify him. Well, how do now we kind of quantify him in a normal offense? A little bit. I, I'm not comparing him because I think this guy's a better football player. Remember part of it, like, let's make Kaepernick a drop-back quarterback. And it was like, this is a dumb idea. Like, let's make Debo a normal wide receiver. Like, is that a great idea? Yeah, it's a good point. Like, is his energy best spent running 15, 20 yards down the field without the football? Not on the sidelines, maybe in the middle of the field. But he, but one thing we know he can do is, like, the, the stuff over the middle of the field. He's not a slot receiver, but he does dominate that area. Yeah, that's right? what I mean. That stuff's good. I'm saying, like, are we wasting routes with Debo running sideline? Yes. Goes? 
<laughs> yeah, like that's clear. Unless it's a specific like, like he does for use check or whatever. Like use check's wide open. You know those type plays where you just kind of roll. Like I, I, I would not just run normal routes like you would with Tyreek and DK. Just like go deep, right? Consistently, I'm not saying you you got to have a different pitch and do it every once in a while, but I would factor other guys into those roles over 19. And I well, what, why would they? Are they just? Isn't this the time to just feel kind of what? Like, is is this going to be a role we haven't need? We haven't asked him to do this at all. Don't you think Kyle would scrap that? Doesn't that make a good coach? Ask players like you don't ask Kevon Looney to shoot threes, just like you don't ask Steph Curry to back guys down in the post. Like, is it part of it? Like, ultimately, Kyle, what makes him so great, you'd say, as an offensive play caller, when we say scheming, I think we mainly mean with Kyle, like, design of plays, but also the way he designs them with who he's using for those designs is what makes him a pretty special play caller. But this gets back to, like, are they just using Debo like they used to? And it's like, well, yeah, maybe. Well, you and I were talking about this the other day at practice, but... Patrick Mahomes had the lowest percentage of tight window throws in the NFL last year, 8%. The only guy under 10%. Even though when you watch Patrick Mahomes, it feels like he's making tight window crazy throws all the time. But most of his throws are dudes wide ass open, right? You said less than – so less than 10 – that percentage was the number of times that he threw a tight window throw? The percent He threw tight window throws 8% of the time, which was lowest in the NFL. So all 92% of his other throws, guys are considered quote-unquote open? Yeah, I guess they're not tight window throws. That's pretty – you're right, because it feels – if you watch the Chiefs game, you're like, Jesus Christ, those last three passes by Mahomes. <laughs> but, I, you know, but there's probably so many other throws where it's just Tyreek's eight yards ahead or Kelsey's just bigger or whatever, just dump down to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So, you know, the key, I think one of the first keys to completing passes is open receivers. And, you know, we saw it with Shanahan. You can really control Debo. And there were many throws, and this is not just around the line of scrimmage, where Debo is just wide open. Somehow, even though you think everybody's focused on him, and yet somehow Shanahan gets him open. You know, I, I, I do think, and this is not to – I don't know if this is true or not. Maybe you have an opinion on it. I do wonder if there are just things in practice that just don't unfold the way they unfold in games. And Debo is 1,000%. Definitely Debo with the ball. But I just mean like the way the field opens up, right? You're playing a defense that knows what you're doing. It feels to me like the 49ers offense is at at a disadvantage when against its defense. And not just because its defense is good. One thing I feel very, very confident about is that Debo will be 100% always used correctly with Kyle Shanahan. Right? Just like Tyreek became a Hall of Fame player, and Kelsey did with Andy. Why? He dreams about using the talent the way their talent should be used. That's what, that's what to me, makes a great offensive coach. Defense is a little different. Obviously, if you have a great pass rush, you let a pass rush, but a lot of it is like when to time the blitz and everything. Part of offense is we always make fun of it in our southern voice, like get the playmakers ball in space to make plays. Like, but but every playmaker skill is different, right? Like a lot of people are like, well, remember DK coming out? It's like, well, you can't run seven of the nine routes. It's like, well, Seattle's like, yeah, we just asked him to run two. We throw the ball to him immediately on a screen or he goes fucking deep and he's kicking the shit out of all of you guys. And so it's like, they, they don't ask him to like 
Can he run the three-step hitch and then go? No, it's like, no, he's, he's, his hips are stiff. Okay, whatever. You know, it just like Debo can't do stuff DK could do. But DK could never dream of doing what Debo does. Well, neither of them could play their other role. And you would be, it'd be a fireable offense given the amount of money that you pay your offensive coordinator, whether it's a true offensive coordinator like Seattle has one who's just the offensive coordinator, or Kyle, who's also the head coach, makes probably $13, $14 million to ask those guys to do the opposite. But you that's not what good coaches do. You ask them to do what they're good at. And ultimately, you know I heard someone talk talking about Seattle. I don't know if it was on the radio or a podcast. It was Lance Zerline who had DK Metcalf as a top 10 player the year he came out. And he said, you know, him and DJ were talking. He said, one thing I, I do, DJ, is when a guy does something exceptionally well, maybe in my mind, I worry less about like, well, what about the stuff he can't do? If a team that drafts him, they know that too. So why are they going to ask him? Like if you drafted Debo, like Debo is doing what I think a lot of people thought that he could do in, in South Carolina. He was a chess piece. He was a great returner, and he plays kind of like a returner, right, On his when he runs the ball, just his instincts. Yeah. And that's what they ask him to do. Like it, when you have an elite talent, and a lot of people will, what about all the flaws? Well, the, the good teams and the good coaches and the good units – they they asked that guy. Well, Bill Walsh's whole thing was like, stop telling me what he can't do. What can he do? And then find out what he can do, and then utilize that. And ideally, it's some of the stuff that you have a quote unquote red flag, a flaw as a player, you can improve on incrementally. But if if two of the ten, two of the eight or nine things that I need you to be able to do, or three of them, you're an A plus. Well, we got something right, and I, I think that's what the 49ers have thrived with Debo. You would say that Seattle. It might end now with the quarterback. They thrived with DK. Is utilize what they're great at and then let them cook. Now that's the argument I think of like the the national narrative, and I don't think Kyle gives a shit about this. Is like, well, now is Debo just going to be a normal wide receiver? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> is it going to be look like it did the last six seven games? Probably not either. But it'll be some hybrid version of getting him the ball within, I would say, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage more than it will be some of the deep. Besides, like, the, the deep in and kind of some of his stuff over the middle of the field is, is something he does. But I think the outside the number stuff is just very hit or miss and not worth wasting your time on it. Yeah, because he's not going to be open enough. And I think well, rem- the change... Remember of- Trey Lance's touchdown against the Texans, like a deep play action right. way down to Debo coming across? That, yeah. I would imagine, was a schemed play, right? We're not when we're talking about missing Debo. We're talking about Debo one on one trying to get open down the sidelines for a a deep throw, a timing deep throw, right? Yeah. Um, and I think any change with Debo just means maybe less running, not different routes. You know what you're describing is like when a coach, when an assistant, when a coordinator gets hired to become a head coach. If he got the head coaching job by being a good play caller, then don't have him give up play calling when you hire him, right? Very like Kyle Shanahan, you don't hire him to be the Niners coach and then say, delegate your play calling. Well, did Brian Dayball and Josh McDaniels just get head jobs to like be the CEO or to call plays also, right? Sala did, right? Sala, a little weird. But, a little different on defense. Yeah. Still don't love it. Offensive, like, no, man. I, Josh, wouldn't it be weird if Josh was not calling plays? Like, what are we doing this for? You're one of the best offensive coordinators in the NFL. 
And I would say for the most part, the offensive guys keep calling plays. Probably yeah. pretty fun. Uh, I wonder if part of it is like when you're calling defense, you're reacting maybe in some ways more on offense. Maybe it's harder to juggle that. I don't know. It'd be great. It'd be interesting to talk to guys about like which one's really, you know, it's too bad. We could, you know what? We could interview, um, uh, uh, what's his name? The Patriots offensive coordinator. I mentioned him earlier. Oh, Patricia. He's done both. He'll, he'll, he'll have done both. So he can tell you which one's harder. Good point. I'll you want me to send a request to Bill's guy and see when we can get Patricia. On? Yeah, send a request over to Bill's guy. <laughs> Pete on the stream says, I'm thinking Kareem Hunt for Jimmy G. Thinky emoji. The Browns have told Kareem Hunt they are uh, not trading him, but he not only are they trade. not trading him, they're gonna fine him. <laughs> well, they have to, don't they? For or well, no, you're in. saying he's holding in, they're gonna find him anyway. Yep. Hold in, you can actually well, you can choose not to find him. I didn't even realize that. I just thought, like, well, they can't. No, it's like, no, bro, you're supposed to practice too. That's a that's a major fu. Like, we don't even respect your holding. He says he's <laughs> going to participate in individual drills. Is that his way around it? Maybe. Yikes, John. Before we go on, let's tell the people about our friends at Indeed. Whoop. If you're hiring, you need. Indeed.com slash ham for a $75 credit right now at Indeed.com slash ham to upgrade your job post to a sponsored job credit, uh, $75 sponsored job credit, excuse me, to upgrade your post, Indeed.com slash ham. Yeah, one of the things that uh, I think we love talking to people that we know that have used it, used our uh, promo on this, is that they said the best part is it makes it so easy. Hiring all in one place, very easy because it matches you with the attributes, the characteristics that you're looking for in a future employee. And I think sometimes, right, it just matches you with a bunch of these job sites. Indeed kicks their ass because specifically it gets you, it has 135 assessment tests to know exactly what you're looking for. And uh, it just gives you a great hire every time. Yeah. Love Indeed. With, with Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job post, oh. quality candidates immediately, 80% of people, that's what happens. So like John said, they got the assessment tests um, and uh, they kind of, you know, they take the stress out of the interview process because your candidates get to prove themselves to you before the interview. And then you can skip over some of the surface stuff and dive deeper into what's more important to you once you're finally talking to the person. Indeed, it's the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. The only one. Guy, do you know that in the minute we've been talking to you, 16 hires were already made by Indeed? No, no big deal. I mean, people just left and right getting jobs. This economy, getting hired, awesome. Fired up for them. Start hiring now with $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash ham. For a limited time, claim your $75 job Indeed.com slash ham in terms Conditions apply. Indeed.com slash ham. You need to do, you need to hire. You need indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, we, you know, Nick Bosa is, I'd say, uh, gets a lot of attention every night in his practice. Small bear? Not that small. No. <laughs> Looks like a fucking grizzly bear. I mean, it is just everything he does, it feels like. And even some of the stuff he does, like today, he's not with the team. He's kind of doing a drill off on the side. He sweats like he did all the team drills. But um, what, seeing Nick Bosa do a team drill is like seeing a bear in the wild at uh I don't know if this analogy works, but it's uh, it's rare. <laughs> we have not seen a lot of both of these bears. More like a mountain. I know. Line. I don't know. I was just need <laughs> to get Haberman on the animal planet, trying to tie it together. <laughs> just doesn't do a lot of it. Well, I, one thing I think is fascinating about the league is that, and I don't blame him because I, the money, I guess money's always been relative. Like in '93. You know, whether a guy was on a three-year, $10 million contract, that felt like a lot. You know, Bosa's got a potential $120 million guaranteed, and the Niners are less worried about how much he's worth and more. They'll pay him every penny. They just need him to play. But I think he kind of represents, if you look around the league, the star players, guys with some injury histories, they don't practice, really. Now, Now, again, he comes in in incredible shape. You and I watch him do like it just working on the side with himself. He's going 99 miles an hour, but it's gotta be a pretty large jump from, he's not going to play any preseason snaps. I mean, that that's a lock (laughs) to then just going and playing games like Ward, Fred Warner, Jimmy Ward, even Trent, uh, is out there getting some reps. So it's like, they're not just going to go zero to 60, even if they don't play one snap in the preseason against the bears, because I, I don't care if you're playing a shitty team or you're playing Tampa Bay or the Rams football speed in the game is in players talk about it every single year. Like there's a whole nother level. This is another speed, right? This is, this is another deal. And then the playoffs and even, or even then the big games, like, yeah, this game felt even more intense. It, it's just, I, I do see how people complain like we've never practiced less yet. We've had more injuries than ever. And I do wonder if some of it's just a little like Mike Tyson sparred before he fought Buster Douglas, you know, Oscar De La Hoya and Floyd Mayweather before they fought each other would spar getting ready for the fight. And historically like LT Reggie white, like if you do you think if you and I, if you just could throw us into like a 92 Reggie white with Mike Holmgren or, Eight nineteen eighty seven Belichick and Parcells with LT and Harry Carson and some of those guys, I would imagine they're taking the majority of the one reps when the defense is on the field, right? Yeah. Or, you know, the 85 Bears. And I'm not saying that is the – like Kyle and all these coaches are crazy doing this way because I would agree with them. I could not – I would throw up on the field if I was a GM or head coach and a guy like Nick Bosa went down in a compl- in middle of August. But, like, these guys do get hurt a lot now, it feels like, in the games. And I just wonder if there's just – no one questions for – and we're just using Bosa here as an example. But I think a lot of these guys now, how hard they work. 
There's no like just drinking beer all summer on the lake and the comeback and coach gets me in shape. Like those days are dead. Bosa's just Bosa's working out 365, training for football with his family. Feels like but he's off sparring some somewhere with somebody, like football sparring, you know? Yeah, he is. But they're clearly like you can only do so much working out and even at these practices without doing the drills. Like ultimate, like Jimmy Ward today and Brandon Ayuk. You don't get that anywhere else those guys get, right, outside of the Niners facility or outside of when the pads are on. That that does not exist as a guy, like that play where they collide. You're talking about those two guys in a major NFL collision. Yeah, I'm yeah. just talking like, isn't that football? Like that, And is you're football. trying to avoid it in practice. Like even that. And they're trying to avoid it. Happen. Yeah, they're not trying to take each other out, but it's just the, 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 the feels of that. Like Nick just doesn't get the feels. Kittle even now. And again, I, I'm not saying that these guys aren't going to be ready and kick ass. I'm more talking about injuries, right? It's just how do you, is this the right way that the NFL is doing it now? And and we're never going back. It, it's only going to get worse. But for a long period of time, the best players in our life practice all the time and just didn't feel like they got injured that much. Yeah. you know, There's a school of thought that practicing less actually prepares you less for the real thing. And so you get hurt doing the real thing. Do you think Cal Ripken's uh, his record's untouchable in baseball? I think it's fair to say, right? <laughs> I think it's the most untouchable. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's like kind of symbolic away. of modern day sports that it's just different times or 2022. I'm not trying to hold on to the past that way. I just feel like we had less injuries when we were kids, right? Like these guys were not taking rest days in the NBA in 1993. And if you look at some of their game logs, we're playing 79 games. Yeah, I guess one, I think you're right. But I, one question you'd ask if you're doing the study is were there less injuries or did more guys just play through injuries and their careers were less long? Yeah. Well, like not ACL injuries, you're not playing through that, but the guys play through stuff that today you sit for because you're just worth more and there's more money on the line. And you know, all, you have more power as a player to say. I understand all the playing. variables. Like, I'm not. I'm yeah, not no, I know you do. I, and I'm not. I, I, it's just it's all those things are different. Um, and in some ways, maybe someone would argue playing through some of that stuff made you stronger. A lot of guys played through pain for sure. Playing through um, fatigue. You know, I think now we believe the, when you get fatigued, your injury risk goes up. But maybe having trained that way makes you more able to, you know, play a full season. You, you, but you play you play hurt now in, in football, right? In baseball, basketball, they take you out. In football, I would imagine most high level players are not feeling great come November, December, right? And especially the playoff run for guys. Yeah. Again, Stafford, I'm not. I'm Stafford not. I'm going to be like John Smoltz battling elbow pain, icing it up. We had a no look pass. I saw that went viral on Saturday. So, yeah, I saw the quote was. Uh, Coach is a little relieved. McVay's a little relieved that he showed up. <laughs> I don't know that it's going well, but I think it's a legitimate question on Bosa, especially because Bosa does have an injury history, right? So multiple injuries in his history. And I understand. I don't think I would do it any differently because he has multiple injuries in his history, but you're kind of stuck. Like, are we practicing him? to try and prevent injuries or are we just going to give him as few meaningless reps as possible, especially when there's not, you know, we're not going to put him out there against anybody other than Trent Williams. There's, there are bot there. People are falling on the ground doing things we cannot afford. If we're, if anything's going to happen, let's have it happen at least at a we, time when we don't regret putting him on the field. 
Well, I feel like the last several years, there's been some knocks on guys, right? Like Clowney doesn't practice. Hopkins doesn't practice. Julio Jones doesn't practice. That's not the case here. Like this guy's not just watching. This guy, the, the 49ers are choosing to do this, right? The, this to me starts, this is Kyle, the training staff. Not, Bosa's there. Like Bosa's full go. You know, it's not, to me, like when you've heard like, you know, Hopkins doesn't practice during the week. That means he doesn't practice. Like he needs time off for his body. Bosa's rocking and rolling. They are just basically going, this guy's, this guy's strictly for the season. Which again, every human alive, you would choose 17 games of Bosa over zero practices. No one's arguing that. My question is like, does it just work this way? Like, is this is how, like, is this possible to avoid injuries where he just steps into the arena where he is always, regardless who you're playing, a top two or three player on the field every time, he's getting the most attention. They're throwing everything. It's just, you're just going to zero to 60, 17 to 20 times a year. Yeah, and you, you know, I mean, if he gets hurt, then I think you'll have a debate about it. But every year that passes without him getting hurt is another is a little more confident you get in doing it this way, right? And well, it there, is every this body ain't change, is it? <laughs> no, well, no. If he I gets mean, hurt, they he, wouldn't pivot. You wouldn't think, but I mean, you, you your argument would become stronger, right? Every person's body is different, and I always love those stories where it's like somebody you know is eighty three years old. They're like, "Well, how'd you do it?" And the guy's like, "A pop tart every morning." <laughs> You know, I was like, well, I don't know how, who could argue he's 83. We're at the end. We can now look back with hindsight and go, he lasted a really long time. How did he do it? I don't know. So if in five years you look back and Bosa's never been hurt, we're like, Nick, why don't you get hurt? You're like, well, I prepare and I don't, you know, the Niners will be like, that's, this is the way we should treat these types of guys. But you're right. If he were to get hurt in a game, it would only be further proof that he shouldn't practice. And to me, and usually pre- this treatment comes with older players who have a physical reason maybe to do it less, right? Yeah, to me, this practice is no one's disputing his understanding of what to do, how much he could do- he could play a game tomorrow and have three sacks. It's just more like is it'll be fascinating to watch. Like, yeah. is his body just because your question is jump. not is he going to produce? Your question is does it make him more likely to get hurt? Yeah. And clearly, I think with him and Kittle, they're very, they have been overly cautious. Because those two guys, like if they asked George, will you practice full go? He wouldn't hesitate, right? To me, if Bosa, they said, hey, 97, get in there. It's not like he's like, no, man. He'd fucking run his ass in there and get immediate sack. He'd go, he'd, if he was in today, like in a civilian clothes, and they said, go put on pads for the second half of practice, he would do it. But, like, for example, what I don't quite understand, I'd be fascinated they never give out this information. This is something they, like, they view very top secret. If Armstead hadn't got hurt, like Armstead was just normal Eric Armstead at practice, he's in there. So, like, why is it cool for, like, him just to be in there and get ready and Nick not? Just because his injury history, one guy has been more durable? It's just that simple? I, I mean, I, what's the logic? I don't know. Because then, hey, you practice Armstead, boom, someone falls on his knee, he's injured. (laughs) Part of it might be my whole thing always with football. It's like you can kind of play these games, you can kind of rig the game. But John, part of it just got in the Hall of Fame. Someone, someone, a helmet fell on his leg and he had a compound fracture on the field. His bone was sticking out. Part of it might be that Nick does prefer it this way. There's possible. That could be a Bosa family thing. There's just like, although I, you know, Joey, I don't know, it'd be interesting what's Joey doing. But I don't Joey's know. He's always been the other thing, I guess. Coach, I prefer see. to get my work this way. 
one element of this overall could be like, I'm a year away from getting huge money. Just let me, let's make it through the season and then maybe more likely. But it it doesn't feel money wise, but I, I don't know. It just crossed my mind. It's an interesting thought. I, it doesn't feel like that either. Right. That something will change then. Cause in a, in a way he has these, he has a presence that is a leadership quality. Like he's off well, to the side, talking to Trent, watching some of these things happen. Yeah. He right? does not practice with the team drills yet. Every single player says he's the, having the best, having the best practice. <laughs> <laughs> what are they basing that on? Do they just show the like, blocking dummy is reporting yeah, back they to just them? Show some of these clips and everyone's like, Jesus, look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> they just see him in the shower. They're like, God, he's the best player on the team, man. Maybe. I'll tell you, it was good to see Kinlaw just out there, and he's got his pants cut shorter than even Bosa's pants. You notice that? Bosa's pants are cut short. Kinlaw's pants are cut so short that he has to wear, like, biking short tights underneath his football pants. That's how short his football pants are. Um, But him and Drake Jackson stand up side by side. Like, you just – I mean, he's bigger than Drake, obviously, but it was just good to see him in practice today. It'd be a huge addition, man. He's – because. Him and Armstead standing next to each other doesn't get much better than those two guys, just from a physical standing looking, right? Well, you took I a mean, picture on Friday. It was Kinlaw, was it Armstead, and then Bosa? Were those yeah. the three? Yeah. Mammoth men. They, they have a chance to run a defensive line with those three and Drake Jackson that I think if all three are healthy, or all, all of them are you know healthy. Whew. I Did you see there was a video going viral of the of obviously Drake Jackson doing the flip, but other guys did flips. No, and, and some of them were DBs and linebackers. None of them got remotely as high as as Drake Jackson. So I think the one thing you see is like Drake Jackson and Kinlaw bring something to this team. Now Drake has been completely healthy and making plays. Like Kinlaw, Kinlaw is one of the bet. I would imagine one of the better looking players in the NFL. And when I say that, I mean in a league full of freaks like his size. Muscle mass, height, length. weight distribution. It just, yeah. I mean, he he looks like if you just drew up, like what would you want in just a sweet defensive tackle? He'd be like, you know, six six, three thirty five, but not that long. Quick twitch, line him up anywhere. You know, you wouldn't be like just six one and a half bendy. You know, you would you would make him a huge huge human being. And the Niners have two of them. Now, one of them you know is a good player. We've seen for years. He's basically essentially a team captain. He's sweet. He's turned himself into a fantastic player. I respect the shit out of his just growth as a player. It's remarkable. I would imagine a lot you know of people in the NFL. I would imagine, yeah, I would imagine a lot of people in the NFL, you know, would consider like, yeah, I missed on that guy. I you thought know, it probably, was, a, I didn't like the pick. We were doing either. a show that night. I didn't like the pick. Well, because what did you notice the other day? You know, you do, I guess people do two things on a football field. Some of the quarterbacks and, and punters and kickers do golf swings. He did a little AI crossover. He did the, and then the the little finger roll layup thing. Well, you know, the the knock on him was, you know, he kind of has bas- basketball mentality. Yeah. And it, it you know, the, we're not talking like 1991 Pistons here. We're talking, you know, in, in football realm, that's kind of a knock on your toughness. It's not a knock on him as a player, but you put him and, and Armstead or I mean him and Kinlaw next to each other and you could roll those guys on the field at the same time. And if 97's on the field at the same time, regardless who the other end is, I mean, they got about seven of them, but 
but whether it's Drake, whether it's Amenahu, whether it's Willis, I mean, they, they could roll bodies off the edge with those three guys. It, it probably wouldn't matter. I mean, Kacerik might be able to get you hit going Haberman. He's just a speed rush guy, right? I, don't do you agree no. though? If you have those three guys in the field, whoever that other guy is, is probably going to just eat. Yeah, I I think they are so that position group. It was deep before, but to your point, now if it's Kinlaw healthy plus Drake Jackson, and those aren't your most productive guys or your every snap guys, right? That's pretty high level talented depth. That's like I you you really see it when when they're all healthy and out there. And I mean Armstead's, you know, not out there right now. But you just see when you start looking and it's like the twos or the threes, and there's a Menahu who's huge. Um, you know, it's it's pretty impressive. Well, what do they it's always say in college? Fo- what do they always say in college football? Right, the the biggest differentiating factor at the highest highest level, and why consistently the same teams win the national championship isn't always they have Trevor Lawrence, even though the t- they did. But you don't need to have the number one overall pick at quarterback to win. It's not their lines, but specifically their defensive lines. And if you look, Ohio State has had about fifteen of them. Alabama's had all of them. And now look who has them, Georgia, and who just won the national championship. You know, you would say looking back at that LSU team, little bit of an outlier, but they they just happen to be built more like an NFL team, like great quarterback, unreal wide receivers, like kind of an unfair squad. I'm not saying their defense was bad, but it, it wasn't quite what consistently wins. And I do think that rings true in the NFL as well, like good defensive fronts. The knock on Cincinnati last year was like, you know, their own line's not great. And it wasn't. Yeah. Burrow made plays. But their defense was flying around. Hendrickson was an incredible signing for them, right? I mean, they were they were good up front. I mean, the Rams have had a one-man wrecking crew for about half a decade now in Aaron Donald. When you can dominate the point of the Eagles, they ran the Oklahoma offense. But what did they have? They had a good defensive line. They've had one consistently. They won a Super Bowl because they had a good defensive line. The Niners last year, I mean, you would say their defensive line – kept them alive at times, right? And even, was it Traverius? I heard someone say this. Actually, might not even have been a Niner. Oh, it was J.C. Jackson. Not taking a shot at the Patriots. Honestly, probably more of a compliment to Khalil and uh, and Joey. He's like, you know, you think I got a lot of picks before. Holy moly, These the defensive line here with those two guys pressuring the quarterback is going to make my job way easier. And imagine if the Niners defensive line want them to get too get there too fast. Ball's got to come out for it to be a pick. Imagine if the Niners defensive line was average last year with their DB play at times. It, it could have been they, they wouldn't have sniffed the playoffs, right? Because guys were wide open and, and their defensive line was bearing down on guys. If they would have had one of those defensive lines, it's like they're not getting any pressure. It would have been a five year ago Raider defense. We witnessed it. Like we saw it. You and I have been to games like no pass rush and you can't cover like. You're giving up 500 yards a game. And and I don't care how good your offense is. You can't compete. It's why to win in the NFL and in college, but college is a little more top heavy. There's really, there's five, six teams that can win it. But in the NFL, there there are legitimately a bunch of teams that can win it. As the season goes, like you do need to kind of have a balanced operation. You can have flaws, but your positives need to be able to balance out some of your flaws. Like there's no team that's like you know they have no d-line they can't they got no corners and they got no running backs it's like 12 wins like you know it's just you got to have a pretty well-rounded squad 
And that's where the 49ers defense specifically starting with the front. And if Kinlaw can come again, Kinlaw wasn't just he, a little like Armstead. He was drafted in the teens based off like three games. Armstead had a longer career. Like he had been a several year starter at Oregon. Kinlaw was a JC transfer who everyone I talked to was like, you know, if you watch the wrong game, he doesn't look that great. But if you watch their three big games, South Carolina, their rivals, Clemson, uh, they played Georgia, and I think maybe Florida was decent that year. Like those three games, it's like dominated. It's like, well, how if he can dominate against them? So those three games basically, and then his body type is like, yeah, we he was going to go body like that from the SEC with tape against Clemson and Georgia at a high level. Like he's just going in the top 25, even with some question marks, knee, long-term production. It, I guess ultimately, you're at practice. If he stays injured and never lives up to it, I completely understand why you took a swing on that guy, right? I I have much more of a problem with the Solomon Thomases and the Farrells who are like stiff and don't like, I get it. I, I get it. But sometimes those are the hardest ones of stomachs. Like, please, God, just get to the field. Part of like the when you whiff on a player, like, this guy stinks, <laughs> you know. All the, they're just praying, like, get this guy to the field, get this guy. The opposite, the right? What Chris Kasarek said the other day, so he was excited to have him, but he just you just want him on the field because you feel like you know what will happen if he's on the field, right? I think that's probably how Chris Kasarek feels. I know what's going to happen if this guy's on the field. He's going to be a productive player for me. And remember, when before he got hurt, he flashed over the his couple, you know, his limited playing time in his career. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, yeah. like, damn, Killa. One of my favorite parts of an honor practice or any going to any practice is when the best players come onto the field. But when you have a practice, it's like 11 guys line change, right? It's like hockey style, full line change in a game in the NFL. There's a sub here, a sub there. One guy runs off, one guy runs on. But in a practice, when the ones just jog onto the field together and you just look at them, you'd say that defensive group looks like a defensive group for a 13-14 win team because it's yes. Emmanuel Mosley, Richard Sherman's favorite player, Trevarius Ward, one of the best free agent cornerbacks this last class, they got him. Then it's the bodies, Bosa, Armstead, right, who have been really productive players, press whichever interior lineman they're bringing on as well who have been productive. If you had Kinlaw and Drake Jackson, you'd go first round or second or second round or third rounder, Drake Jackson, whatever he was. In the second round, yeah. Linebackers. I mean, that group is, you know, it's not Bowman and Willis, like you've said, but Fred's fantastic. And the other two, Al Shire and Greenlaw, are really good. Albert, Albert Brewer was back practice yesterday. He tweeted he thought that they had the chance to be the best linebacker group in the league. He's been to all okay. the Okay, I mean, Al Shire's always got two, two just jersey up, abs popping out, and just elbow guards on each sleeve, like you say, looks like Barry Bonds. And then Jimmy Ward, one of the most versatile safeties in the league. Like, that's what one of the best defenses in the NFL looks like. And they have it. They have it. And, but, yes. but anyway, the, but like when Kinlaw's out there, it, it just, if he's he just adds, there, he adds to the unit without question. Like there is no question. Like, does he even belong with this group? Like, yeah. <laughs> and they know it, right? You can tell the way Armstead boasts, like they're no dummies. That's the thing. The team knows it. Right. They they want that guy to play. And, yeah, you know, it's the hard part about, I, I think, being a GM, you know, when the doctor's like, you know, degenerate knee. Well, can he is he going to can he play four seasons? Does he never really get to play us? Make it through a season. He's going to be a pretty big test case. 
Yeah, can we count on them or not? Availability, the best ability. Felt like today was the most snaps I've seen him play. Does that feel like to you? Just thinking about it. Yeah, I feel like in the. I, I thought it was his. I, I thought Friday was. I don't think it was Friday was that he was. I thought he had great body. Not that I. You know, I don't. We. I don't like to go over the top with body language doctor stuff, but I like playing body language doctor as do you. Most people do. I thought he was. I thought he was. He looked like he was having a good time today. I there have been some other practices. Even this year, there was one where he was padded where he like go in for a snap and then they'd pull him back out and he would just kind of be standing off to the side on his own. I thought he was he he was pretty fired up and engaged. I'm not you saying he I, wasn't engaged. I'm not going to pretend like I'd watch every one of his snaps over the first last week and a half, but I just I thought he he looked like he was feeling good today. You know what I think body language does matter though, and I, I think I, I noticed it I just had the second TV on. I turned on the TV the other day and it was just my second TV had the uh NFL network on and it was the Raider game. Yeah. And it was the second half. And but they, you know, the broadcast is giving up on the football. It was more about like interviewing people, showing the Raider sideline a lot. And you see it a lot in preseason games. Like you can just tell confident players. Like it was Crosby, Devontae, and Derek. You know how you just carry yourself like I'm in a fucking NFL stud. Yeah. And I think if you when you go to these practices, like Trent carries himself, Bosa carries himself like that, Eric carries himself like that, Kittle. I think today and even on Friday, like him around those guys, it feels like, and part of, you know, the Grant blow up, you know, you, he felt like he's getting kicked when he's down. And you could see it when they got, they argued, like, it's like he had lost his confidence because he is, how does he prove it to everyone? Like, you guys are acting like I'm some scrub. I'd fucking beat up half the NFL. Like, I, I just give me a chance. I'll shut everyone up. And now that I think he probably feels like I'm back. I'm playing. I'm not hurt. I don't feel pain. Like, watch out. And I'm he starts guys carrying again. himself like one of those guys because in his mind, I'm a blue chipper. I'm a top 15 pick. I'm I'm bigger than everyone out here except one human being that's like team captain and makes $18 million a year in Armstead, right? How in his mind does he not view like, what? <laughs> How's this not going to be successful as long as I'm pain-free? And then and then Kacarek's in his ear like, it's time to, time to eat, buddy. Literally and figuratively. And, and when you're a first round pick, usually a lot's asked of you, right? I you gotta think like if you're him, if you're Kasarek, you're telling him, look, man, we don't I don't need you to go get seven and a half sacks. Like that's not what you're here to do. Other we got other people to go do that. I know it feels like all eyes are on you because you're a first rounder and there's a lot of pressure and you've been hurt and all this other stuff, but you don't have to do it all. Like that, I think I don't know. That'd be part of my message. Like, man, just just start with one just Square one. That's all we need. Yeah. We got, you got a lot of help, right? There are a lot of people around here to help you. Not everyone needs ayahuasca to get into a good place. You know, not everyone needs, was it ayahuasca or just wasca? I, I think I just screwed that up. I don't know. <laughs> Will Anderson, Alabama team photo. If you're listening to this podcast and not watching it, the photo is just, I didn't realize he was tight. standing next to him. Bryce Young just smiling so happy. If you're listening to this podcast, you don't know what we're talking about. Look, just go to the, go to Twitter, type in Will Anderson, and look at the death stare in the Alabama team photo. It well, almost, you know it looks like he's wearing like eyeliner <clears throat> too. You know what's going to be a huge talking point all year? He's going to get the Zion treatment. Why is he playing? Why is he playing? Yeah, I had someone tell me close to the program he didn't take any NIL last year, not because he wasn't worth seven figures. He didn't want it to ruin his focus. I've heard he is a serious dude. Like he is just 
there to kick the shit out of anyone in a different color jersey in front of him. You know why he plays football? He loves football. I'm telling you, guy, it is going to be, and God forbid, if he were to get even dinged up like a rolled ankle, it your Twitter account on Saturday afternoon when Alabama was playing, media would have a field day. What is he doing? And he, you look in those eyes, you think that guy wants to leave Alabama and go train in Malibu and lift weights while they're playing football? Let's look in that guy's eyes. That guy wants to hunt. And he, and why wouldn't he? No one can block him. 6'4", 243 at last, uh, according to Wiki. Do you know what would be cool? It would just be a big win for like football, football guys, non-quarterbacks. Heisman Trophy winner? No, he's so good. Let's just say it's like he just has the same, like a similar season like last year where he's just unblockable. You know, let's say he gets 20 sacks or something. Even though the quarterbacks viewed really good, he's like, I just got to take this guy number one. <laughs> he goes above the quarterbacks to a quarterback needy team. Is that possible or impossible? I think it. I think it's possible. If he's just viewed like this guy might be one of the best players in the history of the NFL. Yeah, I think it's very possible. I, you know, we do this every year. You and I, we go through the list of teams that really could draft a quarterback, and it's it always feels like no one has a quarterback, and yet usually that list is like nine teams, right? Would the Jets take a quarterback high? Eh. Um, but it's just, it's, you know, the Seahawks would like to get up there. There, there are bad teams who have young quarterbacks, Lions, you know, Jacksonville, whatever. Well, Lions, I wouldn't Lions take the quarterback. Well, I'm saying the Lions would take a quarterback. Oh yeah. Yeah. Would take a quarterback. Yeah. Oh, you're saying the bad teams, like if the Jags, they're not taking a quarterback. Right. I got you. But yeah, I don't think it's. Oh, you're you're saying if like a team with a quarterback is the one you're just like, I'm not trading this pick. I'll just take this guy. Yeah, because I guess happened in a long time. You'd have to go back probably from one to three. It feels like both these quarterbacks, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, could go back to back, right? And who knows, long ways away. But uh, Browns taking Garrett. Yeah, who went two in that draft, though? Where did Miles Garrett go? No, Bosa was no. in Kyler Murray's. Uh, 2017. So was there a receiver, uh, quarterback go two there? Oh, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's Solomon Thomas. But, 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 but the difference is it, that was Deshaun and, and, uh, and Patrick. Though it to me, if Deshaun and Patrick were turned out to be what those guys were like three years in, Miles Garrett goes third, right? Yeah, but did the Browns need a quarterback that year? Probably they always do. They didn't uh, have a quarterback. Yeah, probably because the, the previous year they said Carson Wentz wasn't a top twenty player, which you know, D Podesta's age well. Uh, well. The next year they had tanked. But see, here's my thing. That draft, those three quarterbacks, it's easy to go back. Patrick Mahomes. No, it's true. But a quarterback went to. The wrong one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I guess here here would be a better way to put it. If Miles Garrett or Will Anderson were in a draft with a, a draft class that had Trevor Lawrence, you know, or something like that, like a guy that's just viewed as a 100% number one overall pick, that's what I want. But the player is viewed as even better than Trevor Lawrence. Like, this guy's going to be the best player in NFL history. 
Like, I, I think that's what Will Anderson could be talked about. Like, he could be the best pass rusher of all time. You just know how the hype grows. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying that's true, but I could see Dan Campbell like, let's just take him. It might be right. It might cost him his job, but he might be right, right? You're not, as somebody pointed out here, uh, Sway on the stream, the Browns drafted Baker the next year. So they had back-to-back number one. Remember, because they were they were tanking for like a couple of years. But well, do you I remember just, the point is like Miles Garrett, generational pass rusher, didn't get them to the playoffs, right? Well, like I think Will Anderson be, wouldn't get the Lions to the playoffs on his own. Well, and this is why you take the quarterback. Remember, Steve Kime, he's like, you know, I went. He talked about the Kyler Murray thing when I when I watched him, and even once I really fell in love with him, I, I lost sleep knowing we were going to pass on Nick Bosa. But if they had Nick Bosa and just. Mariota or whoever the hell would be their quarterback now because Rosen wouldn't be there anymore. They wouldn't be yeah. as good. They would have right? lost. They wouldn't have won double digit games last year. They would not be in the playoffs. So I guess I just made my own point. You just if you think hell, I don't, you know, Kyler Murray, but if you if you think the guy's Kyler Murray, you just gotta take Kyler Murray over Nick Bosa. Because isn't that a good example? Yeah, if you think he's Kyler Murray, that's a great example. Like, does every team in the league do you have to take Kyler Murray over Nick Bosa, even factoring in what Kyler Murray brings to the table? And how pretty yeah. easy Nick Bosa is. Well, now that you factor everything in. You but can, can you on draft night, if just two years out, you know, one guy can just be a playoff level quarterback and the other guy's one of the best pass rushers. Can you take Nick Bosa over Kyler Murray and just be potentially quarterbackless? You know, I want to say no, but do we look back in two years and go, well, that wasn't the difficult decision that we thought it was or the easy decision to take Kyler that we thought it was. But here's, but you can't factor in Nick on the Niners because they've had quarterback. You have to factor in the Cardinals don't have a quarterback or they have Kyler Murray. Well, what I'm saying is if they like, never make the playoffs again, yeah, it's an easy. Or just if in two years, it's just the red flags that we have now turn out to really mean something with him, that he's not talented enough to overcome the fact that, you know, his teammates, he don't think he's a leader and he doesn't watch film. And Whoever were to do it, it would it would take enormous stones, right? <laughs> it would. Because the easiest thing to do, especially it's not easy if you do believe the guy's gonna be a good quarterback, the value chart, the quarterback overall, right? Because the next two positions are like left tackle and pass rusher, like you take the quarterback over Trent Williams or Nick Bosa if you believe he's a playoff quarterback. That's what you have to do. That is the value. Uh, that's It's not even arguable. De Podesta wouldn't argue. If you think the guy's a top 15, to, not top 15, probably top 10 quarterback potential, you don't have a choice. Which he is. He's a potential MVP. Like He has been an MVP-level candidate yeah. Yep, in his career. You say what you want, like he's got some issues. That's a pretty talented one-two in a draft, right? Kyler, Nick Bosa. Not all that's, of them are like that, John, as we saw well, this last draft. Well, that's way better than Miles Mitch Trubisky. Now, you could say Mitch shouldn't have gone two. He did, though. Yeah, that was their pick. Three. That's a bad one, two, three. Tim on the stream asks, worst team this year, Carolina or Houston? I'm going to go with... Ooh, it's tough. I might go with Carolina on this. Both have had solid defenses at times. I can see both being a little better than people think. You think? I can see both being like kind of frisky. 
Car- probably Houston more than Carolina. I-, I think Carolina could get weird fast. I saw a headline NFL.com like, he will not choose a quarterback till after two preseason games minimum or something. I was like, okay. That's but we I talked about that the other day. I mean, in fairness, like, he also he got know? mad at Robbie Anderson. We're not a team that stretches the ball out over the goal line. But isn't that a thing? I don't think – I don't th- – the way I read it, I don't think it was like the don't dive at the pylon. I thought it was like you just hold the ball in your arm and run across the goal line. But I could be wrong. Oh, Maybe it was oh, – Oh, it wasn't the Pat Hill, Marlon Moore, like when a guy's tackling you. That's Derek what I Carr, Derek Carr on the road. Oh, because I saw Andrew Hawkins was making fun of him. And I was like, isn't that just like a go-to coach thing because it's a turnover? But I think it was like a, we don't sense. we do not do it that way. Oh, like he's so much like like, like he's walking into the end zone. Yeah, there's a right way and a wrong way to score. I think it was more that than don't make the mistake of, you know, Belichick will cut you if you put your arm out. Okay, if that's the case, then I'm going to short them even harder. I I just I don't know why. Just when I saw ball over the end zone, I'm like, why is everyone so mad? Isn't that a massive coaching point? But I did see his. I did read one sentence of his quote. It was kind of like tough guy. I was like, well, yeah, that's exactly. It was more tough guy than coaching. It's a legitimate coaching point. Because Andrew Hawkins was making fun the of him, like the way you're describing it, not the way that I assumed. Yeah. Uh, did you see Nikhil? That, uh, that, that's Nikhil that's Harry? a huge. That, that's a huge college thing, isn't it? Yeah, like that mindset. College. But I'm just saying that mindset of college, you know, holding the ball. But I'm just saying like that. His mind, like the way he yep. thinks, like this is going to represent the type of team and people we are. And because we're going to do things the right way, we're going to win football games. Yeah. Humble. We're going to score with humility. Kind of that type of shit, you know. Like the greatest scorers of all time, for the most part, don't score with humility. They open their arms as they cross the goal line because they guy, score a lot of touchdowns. Guy, Deshaun Jackson dropped the ball at like the five-yard line. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> That's not a score. <laughs> well, it wasn't even then. Uh, Nikhil Airy, ankle injury, according to uh, Jeremy Fowler, appears to be, quote-unquote, severe. Niners week one opponent, by the way. What is Do you their... think uh, Mosley and Ward were losing much sleep about covering? Uh, no, what the is their receiver depth chart? Their best player is Mooney. Um, the tight end from Notre Alan Dame. Komet. Gone. Yeah, he's gone. Uh, Devin Hester retired a long time ago. I, You know, they 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 are terrible. I, to me, the Houston Carolina. St. Brown. Oh, Dante Pettis is there. Tajay Sharp. Dante Pettis is on the Chicago Bears. Bears. My, I wonder if Hightower wants him for returns or something. Oh, oh, the, oh, my God. What about special teams? Would it be pretty ironic if he scored a fake something touchdown? Dante, if him and Hightower just like smoking cigars and just pounding scotch and just going like, we are going to show these guys. I think they're my pick for worst team in the league. That would be pretty funny, though. I. I would root for. I'm. I already think I haven't even really looked at the week one lines. There's the week one lines just tend not to be that big. It'll be like six or seven. I think the Niners beat them by like twenty five. I agree. I think that's our week one lock of the week. I wouldn't mind like a forty to seven, and the seven is like a fake field goal flip touchdown from Hightower. Just be a fun moment. Be a, be just a sarcastic in a big victory. Could you imagine if Hightower went selfish? Like tried to pull some off and it didn't work. Would Uber Flus just fire him on the spot? Yeah. What if he went fake, but as he's flipping it, a Niner picks it and goes the other way? That would that be funnier than Hightower scoring against the Niners? 
I funnier to us, hundred yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. The Bears, uh, the Bears, not the Bears funny to Brian Schneider. You know, like that's a big game for Brian Schneider. You have to be better than Hightower, Niners new uh, special teams coach. Oh yeah, like it'd be funny because tweet, tweet Hightower, but it wouldn't be funny. Like, well, we just pick up where we left off. Oh, there's gonna if there's a week one Hightower tweet moment, my like a block what, block punt, just something remember, that is a clear moment. Well, remember Schneider kind of owns Hightower, right? I mean, kicked. He was at Seattle got him for last a long year. Time. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, it's true. He's got him. Got him last year with a walk-in punt touchdown from seventy yards. Unheard of. I mean, you could watch high school, college, in the NFL. It's rare to see a fake punt go that untouched that far. Might have been seventy-five. It was so long. I just remember, like, where are the Niners? Where are the players? I didn't even feel like the guy was running that fast. It was crazy. That that was his most egregious error of the year. That play. Because at least Norman didn't listen to anybody. You know, now you could argue you can't put him on the field if he doesn't know what he's doing. Remember the fake punt and Norman like sprinted the wrong I way. I do remember. I but I, I put that on Josh Norman, veteran as much as anybody, even though like out you there. shouldn't put him out there. The Seattle thing was just, I just remember the guy going so far with no one around him. Belichick Daniel Jones, him. terrible throw. John gone viral. Uh, if you're listening to this, he misses, uh, I don't know, badly. Um, Michael Lombardi's tweet called Jimmy G. That's how bad this throw was. <laughs> I do. I would probably avoid uh, stadium practices. The, the stadium practices because even if you have the golf guys throwing up like no cell phones with a thing that says quiet, please, uh, ain't a soul listening to you in the stadium, right? Because that's not that's not coming from a media member there. That's, those signs in the stadium practice. No, 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 no. I, I'm just saying, even if they on the ticket it says please don't, or even if they attempted, nobody's listening. Guy, no one <laughs> listens with the signs at practice. Really, where do all the videos go viral practice, at practice? Yeah. For people who don't, Niners practice, they have signs that say please no photos or videos. Yeah. To the fans, the same sign a dude would hold at the Augusta that says quiet. They hold it just yeah. says no phones or videos. Yeah. I guess people, if they didn't hold it, maybe there would be more videos, but there are still consistent videos. Yeah, maybe you would, some people would just be live streaming from the stands. Yeah. I mean, hell, I mean I'd go up there and sit. God, that is a bad they, They're going to be pretty terrible. I, I know someone that went to this practice as a fan that said it was pretty ugly. Really? Yeah. You know that the Bills... Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean's first year where this GM was his assistant. Their first season was pretty bad. They had the most dead cap space in like league history. They just completely ate it and kind of sucked. And it kind of reset their franchise and now they're a powerhouse. So yeah, to me, maybe that's the move. Yeah, you just kind of reset it and just suck. I I that don't think if you're them, you fuck with Jimmy G, do you? You just let Daniel Jones just go down. No, for for why? Well, he, yeah. Is he going to put you in the playoffs? Your 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 team's bad to begin with. You haven't come this far to then slightly upgrade. He's definitely an upgrade, but a slight upgrade. I mean, I sorry. think he's a he is not a slight upgrade over Daniel Jones. But your team, in terms of wins and losses, does not suddenly become some like division winner. I think you're more likely like next year 
even if you draft one of these kids in the top five, if you don't think that kid is ready, or even at the time, if you don't know if you're drafting like third, what quarterback you're going to get, you sign Jimmy like one year, 24 million, just to kind of get you as you're like, tr- what I mean is, remember Glenn, 24 million? Like, well, inflation, Glenn, Jimmy's going to get like a raise. Well, not really a raise, but. Well, what's the going rate for the one year bridge quarterback who's not good? Not like a forty-five million dollar guy, but not a seven million dollar guy. There's, I thought it was that, like, what Andy Dalton get a couple years ago? Thirteen. Jimmy's better than he was then. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I go off Glennon several years ago. Got like sixteen. So does is one year twenty? You th- you don't think Jimmy ever sniffs a number like that again? I don't think he gets a number with a two in the front of it again. It's got to be tough, man, going from like 25 to all of a sudden like six. It's like six. Well, I'm still making six, but it's a there's a big difference in your direct deposits. I know. Still a lot, but. It's true. Like you used to get those 25s, whatever that check breaks down to, and just be like, I could just go, you know, I could take the change in this check and go buy me a Range Rover. You get the six million. You just got to think about some of the decisions you make maybe a little bit more. You have taxes and stuff like how much I really want to put away. Like you used to just put away six million. You know, right. You know, you'd be like, yeah, I just every year I put away five. Uh, Rams Chargers this week at SoFi Stadium, John, on Saturday night. You want to go? <laughs> um, Who's the Broncos backup quarterback? Couldn't tell you. This is where you start looking for interesting backups, you know. But again, see, I, I'm not doing it. This Brett Rippin. Podcast Rippin. is over. <laughs> Brett Rippin. All right, everybody. Thanks for hanging with us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.